Hi, and welcome back to the Legal Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Danny. I'm a recently qualified barrister who works in human rights and public interest law, and I also do some consultancy on the side, as well as running the website www.legaldiaries.ie and the Instagram page at legaldiaries.ie. On the podcast, we dive deep into all things health, fitness, mindset, studying, habits, dating, and career, and probably so much more. I will aim to bring you the tools and actionable steps to smash your goals, inspire you to take bold action, and above all else, put yourself first. Welcome everyone back to another Legal Diaries podcast. I'm bringing you a really exciting episode because I'm joined by the wonderful Pierre, Femi and Amanda. So I'll hand over to these guys to introduce themselves. Perfect. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for having us on. Um, my name is Femi Bancole and I'm one of the co-founders of Black and Irish, which is an Instagram page or platform that's dedicated to um, highlighting the struggles and celebrating the um, successes of Black and Irish people in Ireland and Diaspora. Perfect. Um, Pierre, if you want to go next. Uh, yeah, my name is Pierre Yenberg. Yeah, I've also, I, I guess, recently joined or soon after uh, the guys set up uh, Black and Irish. So I joined in and I've been part of it since then, just to, again, I help to grow the, the brand and the effect that it's having on a lot of people around Ireland, not only the Black community, but also yeah, spreading awareness and a good message around Ireland also so it's been great being part of it and being part of this community that we're creating also. Excellent and Amanda? Uh, so I'm Amanda I am 22 I'm a, a youth activist and podcaster as well myself actually from Kildare um, and I'm probably one of the more recent um, members of the Black and Irish team as uh, like it's probably just over a month now at this stage but yeah um, Amazing. Yeah, that's it. I bought now Amanda's much more than just Black and Irish. She's been around the block even before us. So just fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> do yourself with this yeah. service. <laughs> we'll we'll delve into Mom. all your all your activism. Um. So yeah, if you just want to give like maybe one of you um an overview of Black and Irish and like what what started it and when it was founded and kind of where the movement has come so far. Sure. Black and Irish was founded, you know, June 4th, 8.26pm, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> it, it kind of um, started in around uh, a couple of days after the George Floyd protests in Ireland, so I think that was early June, and uh, it was started by myself, Leon Diop and Bonnie Odomene, um, we're all three friends, well sorry, I actually didn't know Leon um, before this, but I, I was really good friends with uh, Bonnie, and uh, Bonnie's so former... President of the yes, yes, yeah, yes, exactly. I know Bonnie. Yes. Well, I know yes. him because I was a sabbatical officer, if that makes sense. Oh, so we, where are you? Yeah, where we are you know sabbatical? Uh, UCD, so it's education. Where are you? Ah, geez, I was oh, wow. um, welfare officer in DIT like a couple of years or two years before Bonnie. Ah, there you go. Yeah, we I used to be for Bonnie UCD. Yeah, oh, yeah, all the time. <laughs> I had the I'm afraid to even mention it. I don't know if you remember the Yik Yak scandal. No, but I just remember Yik Yak. Yeah, we had like a massive yeah. UCD 200 scandal and I was a sabbatical officer. I was also 
God bless their souls. I was a sabbatical officer when Berkeley happened. So the accident in Berkeley with the balcony collapsed. So, yeah, it was. I do remember that. That was like they're in America. Yeah. Yes, Jesus. Yeah. So it was, it was um, a tough year. Yeah, it was. I I loved it because I love education policy. I'm a nerd. Sorry, I'm completely digressing. Continue. It's fine. I'm I'm interested. I'm like, let's make this a conversation. (laughs) There you go. Robbie and sabbatical officers. Um, Yeah, so I'd known. So I was was a sabbatical officer um, back in the NTIT, and that's when I know Bonnie from. He was one of my little minions getting all involved and everything. These little pictures together is all cute. Anyways, so um, I then we'd met um, Leon at the start. Or he'd known Leon for years, but we'd met Leon at the start of lockdown just to, during the Zoom quizzes. And we'd gotten really well. So we'd have like period calls after that, just chatting about stuff, different things, different issues. So I think Bonnie had uh, find me and uh, Leon a couple of days after the pro- protests in Ireland, uh, kind of a bit worried due to all the backlash we've received. And he's like, oh, lads, I don't know if I should go to the one in Birmingham. I don't know what to do. And I was like, listen here, bro. It was a very simple decision for me. You know, racism has been um, an issue that affected me all my life. And COVID has been an issue in my life for like three months. So I just didn't really care, being very honest. I was like, this is, I, I would not forgive myself. If there is <clears throat> a call to action on a very important issue um, in my life. And I didn't, I, I wasn't a part of it. So anyways, um, <laughs> the backlash was hilarious. Um, you know, looking back at it now, it was, it was very funny. And it was just, you know, people going mad, like Twitter, radio. I will never forget the phrase. Oh my God, this is a kick in the teeth for NHS, not NHS, HSC. And just loads of vitriol online. And I actually kind of got sucked in. I, I'm actually so disappointed in myself. <laughs> I, was, uh, was, I think I was working to sit at my, at my desk one morning. And sometimes I have like Facebook on. I was just scrolling through Facebook. I don't. I never even scroll through Facebook. And there's like a radio show on Facebook, like Adrian Kennedy show. I don't even listen to the radio. <laughs> Anyways, there's this guy going mad on radio, saying all this like xenophobic shite. And I was like, nah, man, I'm not having it. But everyone who's going on the radio, none of them have been at the protests. And they're all just like giving black people those. And I was like, no. So I ran into the radio station. <laughs> I'll go mad. And I was like, I look back at it now and I was like, why did I even do that? Anyways, after Bonnie went to the protest, all good. And the next day, um, Leon kind of rang us back. He's like, listen, lads, this something just isn't sitting right with me. Um, people in Ireland clearly don't think this is a, this is an issue in Ireland. People in Ireland oh. don't know what's going on. You know, let's create, you know, an organization. Um, that's what he was like, you know, let's create a company, get a website and start raising awareness. So we were like, okay, cool, let's do it. So we're like trying to figure out how to do that, you know, you know, how to set up as a company, writing our mission statement, you know, it was, it was very intentional. And then Leon, I'm sorry, Bonnie's a very social media person. He's like, oh, let's set up an Instagram. And I'm like, no, Bonnie, we're not setting up an Instagram because I'm an old man, as they say, right? <laughs> and, I was, and he was like, oh, come on, come on, come on. He's like, right, we'll just set up, set one up in the background and we'll just have it there or something. And it just blew up, like literally, as in like within like three, four days, we had like celebrities sharing us. We'd only shared like a couple of stories and we we're just like, what the heck is going on? So that's kind of how we like, it just spiraled into what it is five, five months on and which is, you know, a platform that's, you know, dedicated to sharing people's stories um, and a platform that's dedicated to like educating people and raising awareness 
Um, I, I think I think even actually more importantly, and for me, what it what it is actually as a platform is a platform that's brought um, the black community close together and yeah. as, as a way of like you know mobilizing us together. And and I think that's something that's really really powerful. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's it's so funny. Like it really bothered me around um the the tragic um murder of George Floyd, how everyone in Ireland was like, Oh sure, racism isn't an issue here. And I was like, I literally work with ethnic minorities every single day in work, and they are the because I work in um with people who are homeless or at risk of homelessness, like 77% of our clients are ethnic minorities. And like, that's not, it's not just a coincidence. Um, um, they face a lot more barriers. And so many people are like, oh sure, like the, there's no racism in Ireland, we're lovely. And I'm like, we have our own ethnic minority in our country that we completely oppress. <laughs> I was like, regardless of any other kind of um, race like we have our own ethnic minority that are Irish travelers and we oppress them so I think it's yeah I really applaud kind of what you guys are doing I think it it was a long time coming and I think it's um I'm really excited to kind of see where it goes and then Pierre and Amanda how did you guys get involved then um in the Black and Irish um well Black and Irish more specifically um I had kind of already been doing some like activism work online. Um, so it kind of started for me the week before the protest and um, was when everything kicked off for me. And it was like pretty much like you mentioned, the attitude from people that oh racism isn't a problem in Ireland just really just did not sit right with me. So um, I made a video, first of all, on Instagram. And then like within a week, it was on like like a quarter of a million views. And I was like, what the heck is this? So then the lads um, that actually organized the Dublin protest um, like messaged me and was like, hey, we'd love you to come down to the protest and just like share a little bit. So um, yeah, that was the, the first Dublin protest that happened anyway, going first of June. So I went down um, and shared there as well. And for me, that day specifically was like a very big like turning point. Um, mm -hmm. And I think just seeing um, people like of all different backgrounds, all different ages, different races coming together for one cause. For me, that really just kind of like a kick up the butt almost. It gave me like an extra like fire, like, okay, this is what Ireland could potentially look like. And um, mm. so then I was like, okay, from that point, I like really, really became intentional about it. And like actually started taking it a lot more seriously. And um, so, yeah, I was kind of just doing my own thing online. And then the lads from Black and Irish reached out at a point and we did um, an Instagram live. Um, and then it, the relationship was kind of spawned from there and haven't left them ever since. And now we're all besties. And um, <laughs> The relationship yeah, blossomed. It blossomed. <laughs> yeah. It blossomed from there, yeah. yeah. No, but for me, it was just, the, it was what the page stood for, essentially. It was like, we were yeah. all, we're all in the same, on the same wavelength. We're trying to accomplish the same thing. And um, I genuinely do believe that there's, there's power in numbers yeah and there's that's that's the way we're gonna get things done is we need the collective we need um everyone on board and I just um love what they were about and what they're trying to do and I was very very willing you know to kind of join in and assist in any way I can and um, yeah. yeah just love what they're about love what, 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 what we're doing really um and I feel like it definitely is paving a way for um you know a brighter future and a more inclusive Ireland so 
yeah because like we have all like everyone's always like in Ireland like we are an equal society and we have the equal status acts and we have we have the public sector duty since like 2014 um so like public services can't discriminate um but at the same time I'm like in practical reality like it just doesn't happen like my experience um like it's just and I see it kind of my friends do every day kind of racist things and like we're all guilty of just saying something um that we're like oh that 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 probably wasn't the most PC of us to say but like one of my friends um in particular um Vicky's her name and um I remember I was I think I was hanging out with one of my cousins and uh she was just like I was like oh I can't see Vicky and she was just like oh she's over she's over there and I was like oh yeah she is and she was like yeah she's the the the, the colored girl isn't she and I was like she's black I was like like yeah she's she's a black girl like I was like and like or she'd often get questions like no but where are you from yeah yeah and I'm like those and people are like that's not me being racist that's just me being curious and I'm like no that's racism like that person like she's she's born and bred in Ireland like her family are from Nigeria but she she herself like she's always been from Ireland I think a lot of people actually like what I've realized in the last couple of months have got a very, very skewed perception of what racism actually is. And, you know, for the most part, when we think of racism, we think of exactly what happens in like in America or in the UK. Yeah. And it's like the extremes with overt forms of racism where people are literally either being physically violent or calling you the N word to your face. And although it happens like here on very rare cases, but I feel like in Ireland in particular, it's not so, you know, in your face. It is yeah. those little things. It is those it's mi- the um, microaggressions and, you know, yeah. things that have almost been normalized in Irish culture and Irish society. And I feel like because like it's very much an Irish thing, like everything's banter and it's a joke or whatever. Some people genuinely don't even realize when something crosses the line and becomes offensive. So I think it's a thing of just educating people really and having these kind of conversations. Just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and Pierre, how did you become involved in Black and Irish? Yeah, so yeah, myself, I guess I joined in a few weeks after the guys set it up. So I'm, of, of course, from uh, the SU and same with Leon. I, I knew him from many congresses in the past and things and also, yeah, Femi also through the SU. So yeah, I uh, just got a call from Bonnie. I think it was probably a week or so after I, I put up my own story on the on the page so I thought that was special I'll see uh, what I call it putting up my story and, and sharing with everyone though it wasn't like uh, compared to other stories that we've seen I guess it, but it was just from my own perspective and experience of it uh, so being able to actually be part of it and be part of the team that that could do so much uh, and become such a big organization or, or a big influence in Ireland and around the world is just I guess opportunity I couldn't turn down. So it was definitely it was straight on board. It wasn't a question of, do I need to think about it? It was kind of, yes, I, I'm in really. And it's just been a great to be part of it ever since. Yeah. Um, and you guys, you so you all spoke about your story um, and sharing it and stuff. Would you, can you give like maybe a snapshot of what your story is for, for anyone listening? Um, um, yeah, sure. Um, funny enough, actually, like, oh, myself, Bonnie and Leon have actually never shared our stories on the page. Wow, <laughs> um, exclusive. Yeah, 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 yeah. exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I think, um, you know, my story in my own head um, is actually quite sad. I'm, I'm not necessarily going to, you know, go delve into and share all my trauma. But my story is, so if anyone, any, this guy, the guys here know me, and I'm very kind of like positive person and a bubbly personality, I do say so myself. And um, when all this kind of, kind of, not when it kicked off really, kind of like in the middle of it and you know people were really sharing their stories and I kind of took some time to self-reflect I'm like you know what's my story or what's my experience and I was like oh I can't really nothing stands out really so I was like oh, I, I must have had like you no know, experiences you know I must be one of the lucky ones and you know obviously subconsciously because I, I thought about this over the coming weeks you know like I was reminded by like a lot and a lot of things like, even like a situation that happened to me in January um when I was like you know you know, I was drunk in front of Nyquil trying to get in and uh, meet with me and, my, me and my two mates. And the bouncer was just like, not having any of it. It's like, you know, no, like you're a mess, like, which is fine. And then uh, and some guy kind of like walks past us, skips us and goes black to the back of the line. And then like my two mates who were white were like, fuck, you know, like about to like, be, they don't fight this guy. And I was there, you know, trying to like calm the situation down, like that's fine. And the bouncer was like, look, I'm really sorry and let us in. But right. I um, I was on live, you know, chatting to Amanda or someone, and uh, I was like, oh, I haven't really had any racial experiences. And my mate was like messaging me, like Femi, like I was there like three months ago, like this happened to you. And I was like, what happened to me? He's like, Femi, do you not remember this? And I was like, no, no. Then like he explained to me, and I was like, oh my God, it did. And what's happened to me is I've totally internalized every horrible thing that's ever happened to me, especially due to my race. It's normal, I battered it off it's whatever and like that for me is scary I actually even remember a case when I was like in my teens like mid-teens and our car was burnt down in front of our house in Dundalk for no reason whatsoever so you know I'll, I'll let your mind do the wandering like we were living like in a quite like a nice area and someone came down to just our house and burnt our car down and I totally forgot and I said to my sister and I was like man like what the hell and I'm actually kind of a bit scared. Um, I think maybe I've just grown past that. I don't actually don't really necessarily want to kind of delve in and like relive that. And I just know there's there's been some shit that's happened, <laughs> and you know I'm okay with it. And I've done my growing and I've gone through my journey um, as a person. Um, I'm quite happy and comfortable with the person I am today. But I do know there's a lot in there that I don't necessarily want to delve into either. Like you know. Yeah. And do you think like the the Irish of it so has led you to kind of internalize it rather than think of it as like racist of course, of course like I like I'm, I'm I'm an Irish person I've been here most of the years of my life you know I have every single Irish trait that every other Irish person has I you know I'm, I, I like to joke about we don't like as Irish people we don't like to face our issues head on we mm. don't like to talk about our issues whether it's mental yeah. health yeah be grand like that's me yeah I'm, I'm a black and Irish person so I've obviously just applied that to my racial experiences you know which is fine because that's inherent to my nature is who I am and I've totally accepted that it's not something that I'm sad about it's well I'm a bit sad about it but it's not something that affects me or affects how I live my life or you know I'm not gonna let like my race or the color of my skin you know define who I am yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're way 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 past that like you know yeah <laughs> like my story in a, in a bit of a nutshell Oh, very interesting. Um, very. Oh, the thing about the car though, like it just rem- it gives me like um reminiscing on when they started burning down the potential DP centers. 
like that is literally what that reminds me of it's just a kind of a signal to be like you're not welcome in our community kind of a thing and oh it just angers me so much <laughs> um amanda um do you want to share maybe a bit about your story um yeah so for me uh the most part growing up um i never really faced like huge big things of like oh racism um it would just be you know every once in a while like there would be some kind of off offhand comment or a statement or someone trying to be funny or saying something like if they come back from holidays oh man look I'm, I'm I'm nearly as dark as you kind of thing but you know at that age you don't really see it as like racism like a lot of the things I wouldn't have even classified as racism it literally just became part of my like of the black experience growing up in Ireland kind of thing so like it wasn't a like I didn't really make a thing out of it or even like realize um, what it really was I just knew that it made me feel uncomfortable and you made me feel just that little bit less Irish and I think for like for even for the area that I grew up in as well because I was the first black person ever in the history of my primary school and um, so I feel like coming into that situation yeah it was like a hundred years old literally so coming into that it was like I was like this new creature almost like and everyone's like whoa what's going on you're here? like the unicorn in the school yeah. everyone's like who is this person? who is this? exactly and I'm not gonna lie and say that it was completely negative because that also like had a lot of positive um impacts on me because I was special in a way I was I, I was unique and people were interested in that so there were some positive aspects to it but like sometimes in a situation like that where everyone is just looks the same like I genuinely at some stages forgot that I was black because I just I was a child like I just saw people as just people and it wasn't like a thing of color for me and it wasn't until someone would say a comment or like something would be, would happen I'd be like I remember and be like oh yeah crap I am different and um, so then that was for the majority of my childhood and I feel like things kind of changed then um, in my teenage years and secondary school and then when I started actually working and stuff and um, it just became a lot more in your face and people became a lot uglier about it um, I feel like the worst would probably have been like when I was working. So I used to work at O'Brien's um, and I remember a couple of times, the first incident I remember was an, um, an elderly lady and she came up to the till and I, I was at the till and she was just like, ref she refused to be served by me. She refused to hand over money. And um, even her daughter was just like, just give her the money, ma, give her the money, ma. And she was like, no, no, I don't want her to touch me. I don't want her to touch me kind of thing. So I was like, okay. Um, and then another time another lady as well like I tried to take her order and she just ref ignored the fact that I was there and actually requested for someone else to come out and take her order so um, it was incidents like that that really like highlighted for me like they were the most like in your face like wow this is actually a, a real thing and almost like Femi I think it wasn't until recently that I actually realized like a lot of the things that um, I did go through and, and highlighting like there were microaggressions and which is also another form of racism so this entire time for me it's been it's been a learning thing more than more than anything and I feel like I've learned a lot more about um myself in this time um yeah. but yeah those things like now that I've, I want to say come out the other end of it like it's not um I don't really see them as like a like a hindrance or anything anymore they're just opportunities to like you know learn and grow from and educate people on as well so yeah and um, yeah that's pretty much where where I'm at with all that anyway very good yeah no definitely I think it's 
really interesting to see your outlook that you're like well rather than me overthink all of the kind of microaggressions that I would have faced I'm just going to take it as an opportunity to educate people because I don't think like people know like well do they know like I always I always go through this in my head I'm like do they know like that that's racist or yeah and I think like for the, for the most sorry go on no no go ahead no I was just I was just saying do they know because like yeah. my like my boyfriend is always like to me being like if I was to call him up on something he'd be like you're so PC yeah. and I'm like I'm not PC like I'm I'm 100% like I'm not gonna hold my hand up and say that I am like absolutely clean have never said a racist thing in my life because I, I definitely have in passing without realizing um or like I've definitely got caught up in a banter or joke about something and like I I'm sorry for that because I look back I I can't name a specific moment but like we we all have but like when there's a difference between getting caught up in something and with actively thinking that those things are okay to say so yeah he's always like you're so PC and I'm like I'm not PC and he's like you're so PC and liberal and live in like a utopian world and I'm like I don't I just I just see firsthand in work everything that like these people are Irish like they're ethnic minority Irish and they're being treated differently by a system which is set up for Irish people and yeah it just really really frustrates me sorry Amanda go ahead no no, it's pretty much what you were saying I think genuinely I I do believe a lot of Irish people don't realize um a lot of the things that 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 they say or do that are you know not necessarily like racist but like just othering of people I think that's that was the main thing for me because I think growing up it was it was mainly a thing of like identity so I'm even from my African side of heritage I'm half Nigerian half South African but I grew up in Ireland like I've lived in Ireland since I was two years old so it was really a thing of like okay I'm here in Ireland and um I feel othered I feel like I'm I'm not really Irish but then it would be the same thing then in if I'd go to go back to Nigeria, they'd be like, oh, you're Irish. But I'm like, okay, but I'm not accepted there. I'm not really accepted here. It's like, you know, it was just more so of an identity thing. So I think of that 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 question of like, oh, where, where are you from? And then I say Kildare, like, but, but where are you really from? Um, it was just just the, the perception or the understanding that like you can't be um, Irish and something else. You can't be Irish and other. It's like you must be white, Catholic, Irish with like, you know, a traditional Irish name kind of to be considered Irish so um yeah sorry well, that was amazing. No, no that's definitely it like it's that it's that perception that you can't be white and an Irish traveler you can't be black and Irish you can't be Indian Irish you, you just have to be Irish and Catholic um Pierre if Which you is mind... really funny oh yeah well, sorry just, just, me... just, I just think it's really funny as well because like you know Irish people are one like the largest diaspora around the world so what like 17 million Irish people around the world <laughs> so if there's any country or any race any people that should have like you know a variety or diverse perspective or perspective on what it is to be you know Irish and something else I feel like it should be us just because we're all over the world anyways pretty know? much like <laughs> if you think of all those Americans that like claim to be Irish like yeah. But like, yeah, no, definitely. Like we're not, we're such a kind of like melting pot society that we're, a lot of people are like, have say they're Irish, but they have some heritage from somewhere else. Um, But yeah, Pierre, if you wouldn't mind sharing your story. 
Yeah, so mine's, I guess, similar to Amanda, I guess, and many people, I guess, uh, who share their stories or, or I guess around Ireland is that they, it's just those microaggressions. Like I've been lucky that I, you know, I've grown up in, I guess, a predominantly, I guess, white community in terms of, I'm from South Dublin, so you probably don't get that many black people around. So I've gone to school where there's only, I was the only black person there. So of course I had, I guess, those, those experiences of people like wanting to touch your hair, wanting to know where you're really from, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, being questioning and being like oh yeah do why are you irish and then like you know oh do you actually uh, even know irish or stuff like that and being like yeah sure why well, do irish i did gaelic i've done higher level probably speak more irish than some irish people uh themselves but you still feel like no you're not really irish and that kind of stuff so i've been lucky i haven't had severe experiences just those small i guess experiences to like question your identity um but i guess yeah that way i guess is the the painful part, I guess, of being here is that people just keep questioning you and not really accepting. Uh, and I think just going back on point earlier, I think it's just also that many people haven't actually brought up or fought back or talked back to those little experiences. Because of course, you know, black people don't get the perceptions that they're always you know, angry, always fighting back and that kind of stuff. But also the inside you also, you want to be accepted. So even though the small little remarks, you kind of just laugh it off, being like, oh, they're just joking. And if I if I let this go, they'll accept me and they'll think I'm cool uh, and that will just go away. And then they just keep building in when you keep accepting like it's OK. And then likewise, they keep accepting like, oh, it's fine for me. If I say this to one black person, I can say it to every other black person because that black person is OK with it. So and then I guess I guess just become a, a generational thing that it's OK to be these microaggressions because no yeah. one is actually saying anything about it but now it's actually been said unfortunately a lot of people are saying actually no i realize actually what i've been saying in the past was probably not the right thing all other people are saying no what i'm actually like you were saying earlier i'm just being curious where are you really from i realize and actually no you wouldn't ask someone from cork if they came up to dublin with a weird accent being like where are you really from being like yeah i'm from cork just because they have a different accent to you know to you if you're from dublin but they're irish so likewise why ask someone who's from Dublin, probably around your area, you're asking them also where are they really from, really. Yeah, no, and I think it's 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 that, like, I know you say, like, it's only these little things and these microaggressions, but I can imagine, like, they compound over time. And then, obviously, you've said that, like, you're, you've all been quite Irish about it, that you you just kind of deal with it. Like, you're like, oh, it's just banter. Like, it's just, it's just Irish stuff. But, like, when they're happening so much, how can't they affect someone so I think or yeah it's just it's it's so interesting um now I'm gonna ask a question that um which you'll all think is hilarious because we keep using that that question of but where are you really from um do you guys find that you would um obviously you're Irish and born in well are you all born in Ireland yeah I was born oh. in Cameron oh um but anyway that that doesn't matter anyway but would you find yourself um having kind of an appreciation for that heritage as well or would you just solely kind of identify as just irish or would you kind of would you feel torn at any point between between both cultures um like you know i know i grew up in ireland but you know i grew up very 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 much in an african home like you know all my parents are like nigeria to yoruba our, especially Yoruba people, our culture is extremely important to us and extremely impressed upon us. Um, mm. Even more so, I think even more, it's kind of like heightened um, when you're in a foreign country per se. 
um because your parents are like oh no like we're not home and these are all the different things in our culture like my my mom doesn't speak english to me ever she speaks like all through growing up she speaks our, our language she speaks Yoruba to us um but i think that's actually kind of um leads into sort of the difficulties um that you have you have um grown up then as, um as a as a black child in ireland because if you think of it this way i think irish culture and yoruba culture are kind of opposite in a way in, in a lot of ways so it's like you know home you're having these different values and everything impressed upon you when you're growing up and then you know you go to school in hawaii and it's like oh no we don't really do that here it's like oh this is how we do things here and in some ways, it's kind of like the whole opposite of what your parents are telling you. And as yeah. a kid growing up, like, you know, I really, really struggled with that. Um, personally, you kind of feel like, torn. Like, you're yeah. like, you're living two, you have two different kind of, like, values or personality kind of yeah. things going on where you're like, okay, so do I behave like this in school? No, but I behave like this at home. Yeah, ex- exactly. It's like, you know, 8 a.m. when I wake up, or no, 6, 7 a.m. when I wake up, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. I'm like Nigerian. 9 a.m. to like 3 p.m. I'm Irish and at 3 p.m. <laughs> I'm Nigerian again. And um, it's interesting. I, I, I think it kind of, um, I think there's like a new generation African-Irish and that's what we are. I'd say that's what Amanda is. That's what Pierre is. Because like, I'm speaking for them now, but like, I know for a fact that we all grew up in, in, in similar kind of households in terms of like, you'll have your culture from back home impress upon you while also trying to, you know, navigate Irish culture. Yeah, no, definitely. Very interesting. Um, because even I, I see it from my friend where she's just like, Oh, do you not do it this way? And I'm like, No. And she's like, I oh, know, but we, we we always do it this way in our house. And I'm yeah. like, No, we don't do that. Like, yeah, I know it's it's um and are there any kind of stark differences that you would have noticed? Um, sorry, my dog is just scratching a bottle in the background. <laughs> um is there any kind of stark differences like what's one thing you can think of at the top of your head that you were just like oh this is different the way my family would do it um i i think there there was kind of like one constant um that i felt like i was always being reminded of when i was growing up um and that was like especially my parents is like you know hey bro you know we made sacrifices to be here um there's a lot of pressure and it's like like you need to be successful. Like I've left my family. Like my, my, my not, not like my mom would be like sit there and listen. I've left my family, left my entire life behind for you. Think so. But like it's kind of like implied, and you're very aware of like you know your parents have made sacrifices for you to be here, and there's like a lot of pressure on you. It's like you know I need to be the best um, in my education um, or in class, especially in education. I'd say, and you know not necessarily saying that's racist but that's kind of like you know one of the pressures comes with being black in a foreign country it's like you know like i i was it was made known to me very early on that like for you to just have like a, a normal life just you know to to go through life normally you need to be extra you need to be like better than average just for you to have an average life and um and that's that's a pressure that comes with being black that's the pressure that comes with you know being um black in ireland like definitely like I've always feel the need, you know, you, like as, as Pierre and Amanda said, you know, whenever, like, you know, a lot of times during their lives, especially like, you know, growing up in school, they were like the only black people in their schools. So automatically, you know, they represent on the notion them, or, you know, of those, we represent all black people in the eyes of the white people that we interact with on a daily basis. You know, how I, how I, how I act 
a lot of times can be misconstrued as as a stereotype as to well, this is what all black people are like, or this is what all black Irish people are like, which is totally wrong because clearly it isn't. And you know, I'm just yeah. an idiot half the time. That's and so I much think... pressure though. It's like you have this yeah. perception in the back of your head, like if you're the only black person in the room how you act is how people will perceive a whole race, which is horrific. Exactly. And I think that's, that's a massive part of what we're trying to do here. And that's a massive part. I think like, you know, I know the guys were talking about microaggressions and such, but like for me personally, like my biggest thing is like, Hey, listen, black people are different. We're all, we all have different personalities. We like, you can have left wing black people, you can have right wing black people. And I think, and it's still happening until today, even when you're discussing racism, we're discussing racism as kind of like as a blanket thing, and this is the negative effects it has on, on, on. There's, there's black people out there who refuse to, you know, acknowledge that racism exists. It's like, no, like, you know, I, you know, kind of like have like a kind of like a militant attitude to be like, you know, I refuse to be victimized because of my race. So, you know, we, we're, what we're definitely trying to do is like, hey, open people's eyes, like, hey, you can't paint all black people with the same brush. We're not all the same. We're all different. We have different personalities, different opinions. We're vibrant people. And I think that at, at the core of this message is once you can start to um, you can start to, you know, accept that, then you can start to accept that, you know, the color of our skin doesn't necessarily define who we are. Mm-hmm. Like this is what I try to say to people. Like um you can have I've just muted myself. Um, I, that's what I try to say to people. You can have a white Irish person who's a dickhead. You can also have a black person who's a dickhead. But it's based on, you can have a person from the trapping community who's a dickhead. So like it's, 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 you need to take it as the person for their personality and that personality exactly. not being a reflection on their race in total because and that's a big thing that really bothers me about say the trapping community. Like my friends have had one bad kind of run-in or perception with a member of the traveling community so they're like oh they're all broad and they paint them all with the same brush um and that's so hard just to think that you guys you're also facing that so if you have if someone's like oh well femi's really loud they're like well all black people are really loud i am really loud to be fair yeah (laughs) but you know what i mean like if you 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 are constantly watching yourself like um because you don't want to be that person that gives that bad perception to one whole race that that's insane um and amanda and pierre like what was your is it similar for you like you guys were torn between kind of two cultures growing up or um like for me it wasn't really so much of um it wasn't really so much of like being torn as such it was just trying to navigate it I think and just discovering ways to like to navigate it so for one one thing I know I've noticed this as well I thought it was just me but a lot of black Irish people especially with African heritage um for example like when I speak to my parents my accent is completely different to when I speak speak with other people there's like a an, an accent switch and it's just like it just happens instantly without you even realizing so it's like little things like that, like, like, okay, now I have to be African. Now I have to be Irish. And you're able to switch back and forth, like it's second nature now at this stage. So I think like there, there isn't for me personally, there isn't like one side that I would say, oh, I lean more towards this side because it's just as I know my, my heritage is Nigerian, South African, but like I grew up in Ireland and like out in the bog in the countryside. And like, you know, we went, 
like we'd be rolling around in the fields on hay bales trying to roll hay bales in, in the summers like that was that was my childhood our primary school band was a trad band so I played the accordion and I love trad music so it's like there's like a very it's 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 a, like a hybrid almost at this stage and um, I think for for the main thing for me was just trying to like um accept accept both sides equally because just as much as I'm African I'm also very very much Irish um, and I think um even for my parents that's that was a struggle because to them it's like okay yeah we're we're Africans living in Ireland but to them they're just African and to, they assumed that I would just be African as well and it, they didn't really take into consideration the fact that you know I'm also very very much um a part of the Irish society so um for them they were always the minute I walk out the door is like oh remember who you are remember where you're coming from kind of thing so it's like Femi said there's like there's that extra added bit of pressure there so it's definitely just been a learning experience I think for everybody really in the equation for them realizing that okay like I'm African but I'm not as African really as as they would be and this is also my home kind of thing and um, but for myself internally like it's just it's been a balance I think um I'm just trying to I'm just trying to figure out the best way to actually navigate that balance and not be like um not be like too dismissive of either or and accept accept them both equally because they're parts of my identity it's part of who I am yeah yeah no definitely um and Pierre what about you uh well I guess that's probably unique or different in terms of like I guess when we're growing up yeah I came when I was really young when I was uh, six years old so obviously and coming from Cameroon a, a French-speaking country so obviously I, I first learned French but when I came to Ireland where they're speaking English I just then started to speak English uh, everywhere and then I kind of in a way just decided to like almost forget or put aside my African uh, upbringing so I can settle in and, and be, I guess feel Irish in a way and then since I've been there all my life so it's kind of been like almost like put to the side my African background and heritage so that I could be Irish and I've been lucky enough that now I do have an Irish passport and I'm an Irish citizen but then the unfortunate side of that is that I've lost my Cameroon citizenship so every time I go abroad the irony is that every time I want to go to Christmas or visit my family and like that I have to use my Irish passport and get a visa just for me to go back home. And obviously when they'll see it is that I've been born in Cameroon, but yet I have to get a visa and go through all those checks, even though I'm trying to go back to my own home country. And even when I'm there, I, everything is different. Uh, I look different. Everybody obviously will see that, you know, the way I speak, even if I try to speak my the best of French that I can speak, obviously they'll think I'm actually coming from England or I'm American or something like that. They won't believe that, yeah, I was actually born there, even if I may look. Uh, like I'm African, but they just they just want to see it in me in, in a way. So yeah, that kind of part has been torn in that, you know. Yes, yeah, so I, um, I was born in Cameroon uh, and I do still have Cameroon in me and my whole family uh, are from Cameroon and, and everything like that. Uh, but yet I'm an Irish citizen um, and I just can't become a Cameroon citizen also. So I'm trying to feel like, which which am I? Uh, am, am I Irish? I'm African Irish. I'm Irish Cameroonian. So it's kind of like, just trying to and I guess this opportunity is just trying to realize that you can be both uh, it's not like even if you're not maybe accepted by both of them but it's what you can feel and what makes you feel happy or feel inside inside of you that accepts uh, for who you are that makes it better I guess uh, in terms of that and hopefully over time people will understand that yeah there can be Irish people who are who are also in like African South African uh, American whatever different culture you can't just be don't have to be just a one uh, person in a single box uh, basically 
Yeah, and I think that's the, like the the establishment of Black and Irish, like that's in a sense really great because you guys are now all coming together and you're all seem to be struggling with the same kind of feelings and the same kind of being torn. And um, you might not know, well, you might know, but um, like how how have your parents found it? Like being, because obviously they're a different generation, they would have spent a lot much more of their time say within like Cameroon how did they find like all of your parents find like how how did they find transitioning to to Irish culture and Irish society and everything like that you know what it's actually crazy because I didn't actually think about this until very recently so I'm actually a similar age to my mom um now when she was when she moved to Ireland and this is what like 20-25 years ago and can you imagine um, leave your home country, moving to Ireland in 2000, where, whereas, you know, communication is not what it is um, right now. So you're in like your mid to late 20s, you left all your friends behind, you left all your family behind, and you're just here with your fella in a foreign country, like eight, 10 hours away from home. Flights are not as cheap <laughs> as, as it is to go back home. And you're just here. Um, I just think like, I have so much respect for my parents like I've, I've I've you know moved to countries a couple of times over the last couple of years and you know just you know, a couple of hours away and that in itself is difficult and then like, there was one recently I was like you know I was just speaking to my mom like here like you know what's the story of it? what was it like back in Ireland what was it like you know just being a black person in Ireland and like you know because obviously like this around time we had like a massive influx of like you know immigrants into Ireland so there was definitely quite a lot more like you know xenophobic tendencies back then because you know it's a shock that Irish system that you have so many of these immigrants coming in. And she she, she said she didn't want to share um, a lot of her experiences with me because she just felt like, you know, it's in the past and there's no need to kind of dredge on that up. But she, she made it very, very well known to me that um, there was quite a lot of things that we've been shielded from that we didn't understand quite a lot, even if it's just like in employment. Um, like she, because my mom runs her own business um, at the moment. Um, she, she kind of always has. But she was like, the reason <laughs> she was driven to like run her own business, it's because, you know, she couldn't get any, any work here. You know, um, you have so many like, you know, African people um, who moved to Ireland and their qualifications are not recognized. You know, my, my mom has like a, I can't remember what degree in like, what is it like, agricultural science or something like that, which, which is, which actually worked really well in Ireland because obviously like we're very, we're a country that's like, you know, we rely a lot of like, you know, on the farming in terms of like projects and everything like that. She's like, Nope, not recognized. They would have to have, they'd all have had to like go back to school and like reskill, <laughs> even though like, like Jamie's renowned for being like quite academic. Like you have like, you know, the older generation, um, like our parents and I, I feel so sorry for them. Like you have like, you know, Nigerian, like, you know, older, older people who have PhDs who are really, really well educated and are driving taxis because, you know, they're not, they're not recognized. You know, it's, I just think it's, crazy if anything you know it's just sad in a way genuinely yeah and um, what about you guys Amanda and Pierre is it similar kind of for your parents or um yeah I would say it's pretty much pretty much the same thing um like Femi pretty much said it was the same with my dad and he didn't even um like he didn't even study in Nigeria he actually got a scholarship and studied it in France and they still wouldn't recognize his certificate when he when he came here and um yeah it's just I think I think for them and for them it was a lot more difficult um because when they you know when when they initially came you know society 
was very different and it looked very different and because I think they didn't have the opportunity to like go through school with Irish people and get you know almost um like integrated into the society from the get-go for them was pretty much a thing of okay we're here but we're not a part of here and if they were just kind of like just residents and almost just um and in in a place it's like we're just we're sharing land almost and with people literally so for them it was very much a thing of like we're just Africans in Ireland and they never really felt part of Irish society and I was actually having this conversation with my mom the other day and I was like um because I'm very much like oh mom let's go for a coffee kind of thing and that's not like something that she would ever do and that really that, that made me reflect on, like how many like older generation black people have I actually even seen in coffee shops having a coffee and I realized I've never seen that before like that's not normal I've never thought of that exactly I've never seen anyone ever like and I'm and I'm a coffee drinker like I just don't see any <laughs> black people like at all really so then I was just like like something as basic as like just going to a cafe and you know having a coffee like it's not it's 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 not something so profound like you just don't see it you don't see black people just in like you know doing everyday um things alongside Irish people apart from like in certain certain jobs or whatever so um yeah I think it was very very it was a very different experience for them and they kind of try to um you know through their own experience I think subconsciously I kind of touched off it before but they were very much like because they felt like that they thought that was my my experience as well and so they really tried to push the you're Nigerian or you're South African you're you're African and on me I think to kind of give me a sense of identity and as well and yeah so I think that was pretty much that was pretty much their experience anyway yeah so interesting because I I've I've seen kind of firsthand that whole like not recognizing qualifications so then they like um my friend's mom is a was a qualified nurse and had worked for a nurse for I'd say a good like five six years before coming to Ireland um and just doesn't do it anymore like um I think she she's working in a care home at the moment but she's just like an assistant or something because her whole qualification and everything she worked for just isn't recognized which is just and like I'm mad Mm. that's mad about your dad like he got it in France like yeah. that's in the EU it's in like, yeah and they still wouldn't recognize like it's been so so and he studied agriculture as well and um, so he even thought coming to Ireland oh yeah sure I'll get a job straight away kind of thing but it just wasn't the case like he tried everything and it just this didn't work I think just to kind of like delve into that a bit further as well like like I'd see that as like a large form of like systematic racism exactly you know? like, oh, 100%. If you think about it, like you know you have these qualified people qualifying like variety things system is not allowing them to integrate into society and then they have to like go off and like work in a care home or they have to like go off and do like work as cleaners do you know jobs that they are overqualified for and then that already then that impacts the quality of life that I have because you know my parents are then starting to struggle you know they automatically then we're lower socioeconomical because we can't afford we can't get the good jobs because even though we're, we're, we're smart enough we're skilled enough but our skills aren't being recognized you know that, that again, that, that limits like, you know, like how do you expect them to integrate into society when one, you can't afford to do so? Two, the society is not accepting you as a person, the quality of jobs you're getting, like you know, then we end up being cleaners or like, you know, in, in lower jobs. And then Irish perceptions, then it's like, well, look at these guys coming over here. They're not contributing to society. They're the dregs of society. They're working in the, in the crappier jobs because yeah, you know, 
that's what they deserve because they're immigrants. Do you can do you kind of see how yeah. that all but like we, you, you're automatically pigeonholed into <laughs> that. <laughs> like, and that's one thing that um um obviously it's it's due with the asylum system, but when we had the 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 NHV case in relation of the right to work of asylum seekers, like so many people, my friends are like, sure, why do they want to work anyway? And I'm like, the they're paid a absolute like pittance. And like some people, their work is their identity and they want to be able to go out each day and do what they're trained and skilled to do. Whereas rather than stay in a GP center all day. And I was like, imagine coming over, having fleed your country with a PhD, being probably top of your profession within that country and then come here and have to sit and not be able to do anything, especially like a cultural thing. If you're the man of the house in your country and then you come here and you're not able to work and earn and provide for your family, imagine that that kind of mental shock. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. I, th- I think that's 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 definitely something. I'm just cognizant of um, just time um, and um, I'm maybe if we delve into black history month and black the origins of that of that in ireland as well i think that'd be really interesting because obviously this month is black history month so yeah yeah sure i think um from my understanding black history month was only announced by 10 years ago i think i think we had a first black history month um like 2010 in cork i think that's that's from my understanding that's where it stemmed from and that because so so over the years, especially over the last like 100, 150 years, right? We've actually had loads of black abolitionists come to Ireland, go right, travel around the country, give loads of speeches. And this is, you know, you know, around the time of like emancipation, trying to, you know, it's like spread the word of what's going on, you know, mainly in America. And um, it's funny because they a lot of them always spend a lot of time in 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 Cork <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> you know, you have like people like, you know. Charles Redmond, um, he was over in the 1800s, who spent time in Cork. You have you know, Frederick Douglass, who is kind of like one of the more um, the more notable names. He was in Ireland for about, I think like eight months or so, um, in like the 18, 1845 or so. And it's just really, really interesting. So I think from kind of those kind of origins as such, um, we kind of developed Black History Month in Ireland because we felt it was something that we needed to celebrate because, you know, there's quite a lot of different black people who've had an impact. Um, they don't necessarily have to be like Irish, but black people have had an impact um, at different stages of Irish history. And I suppose maybe to kind of like take it back to like what we do and what we're doing Irish History Month. I think at the very start of this, maybe like June, July, we had a Irish History Week. This was just, it's, it's not an official whatever, we just had one on our page because we felt that, you know, there's black people, again, we're trying to change that perception of black people in Ireland, you know, we've contributed to society and, you know, black people didn't just, in Ireland didn't just start 20, 25 years ago when there was like mass emigration or immigration into Ireland due to like, you know, relaxation of the laws, you know, black people have been here centuries, you know, there's African, Irish, you know, kids, immigrants like us, um, you know, landed here, but it's also like, you know, African Caribbean, and, you know, people from the West Indies who've been here, you know, third, fourth, fifth generation black Irish, you know, it's like, you know, my mom was Irish, her mom was Irish, and they were all born here, and I'm black, you know? So um, that was kind of like what we tried to focus on, our first Black History. But then, you know, with this month, um, we, you know, Black History Month here, what we try to do Black and Irish here was that, it's like, hey, listen, again, we're trying to change that perception of what it is to be Black. So we're focusing more on the Black. So when we talk about Black history, automatically, what, you, what we're all taught, what I'm taught, and what my, you know, perception was, was that, oh, slavery, America, 
struggles, fight for rights. That's it. That's 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 all that comes into your mind subconsciously, whether you're woke or not, whatever whatever the hell it is, whether you're educated or not, subconsciously, that's what comes into your mind. Facts. I can literally pick five people up in the streets and be like, hey, black history, what does that mean to you? And it's Malcolm X, you know, all these kind of things. But here, <laughs> you know, slavery does not define black people. And I'll say it again, okay? You know, there's a lot more to black people than just slavery. And I kind of I think we're kind of sick and tired. Um, and this is, you know, of, of kind of like fighting that narrative. And that's what we're trying to do with Black History Month. And as much of it, is, it, it, it as much of it as, it as it is, you know, looking back at slavery, because obviously and discrimination and oppression, it is an important part of history. There's so much more. There's, you know, all these amazing people, amazing kingdoms, everything in around Africa, in around our heritage, so much rich, rich culture that's out there yeah. that we're not taught, that we're not exposed to. And you know we feel a responsibility to expose the truth, as they say. We'd like to celebrate to, it and to be like, it. yeah, rather than be like, oh, Black History Month is just teaching all the oppression that Black people exactly. have gone through in terms of slave. Like, it's pigeonholing you again into like, well, this is your history, and you're like, no, no. like we have so much culture. Like, um, the I used to work in a boarding school, and the mm -hmm. it was so nice to see because um, there was quite a few kids who um their parents are Nigerian and they always did like is it National Nigeria Day or what was the day that is Nigerian like independent Nigerian Independence Day for yeah so they always every year in the school would in the boarding house would celebrate with the kids and the kids were like this is so cool because like they're wearing and they're they were all beautifully dressed and they all brought the food and they used it as a as a moment to like teach all the other kids about Nigerian culture and I just found that so interesting and that so that's why I really applaud what you guys are doing so you're trying to celebrate the good side and everything like to so say the majority of what being black is and black and yeah. Irish like it's it's not all pigeonholed into you oh sure like um years and years ago our ancestors were probably enslaved in America and you're like no like we have a whole country we have a whole like history we have yeah so I I, I really I really, I'm really intrigued to kind of see as the as the kind of weeks unfold, everything that yeah. you guys will do. Um, but just like, you know, just on that point as well, you know, it's like my ancestors were enslaved. You know, like they, yeah, <laughs> they, they're, they're Nigerian, so like slavery and, and all of that, like you know, that means nothing to me. That that's yeah, not my culture. That's not my heritage. You know, so people I, automatically I, just assume. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and as also just jumping yeah. in on a point that Femi said, like, I think as much as it is 100%, we're, we're celebrating it and everything. But for me, for me personally, I also think it's a thing of changing the narrative and yeah. just showing people, um, you know, what we're really about because a lot of our history has been written for us and a lot of things have, have been, you know, a, a certain narrative has been pushed. And we're just trying to confront that and actually change that narrative and show people, like, no, black history didn't start when you know slavery started. There's there's thousands and thousands of years of culture and history and everything that you people don't get exposed to and people don't really see. And like yeah. even just changing the perspective of like Africa was this one big country and we all you know know each other and it's all kumbaya. Like that's not that's not the truth. Like there's empires and kingdoms and so many things came from it. Like completely different people completely different cultures languages and everything and they all deserve to be heard and all deserve to be you know celebrated like it's not one big Wakanda like it's 
it's like <laughs> separate like they're, they're different people different cultures different stories that also need to be told so yeah and do you know what just and i just want one more further point and i just want to nail it home as like why this is important you know this is even important for like white people as such this is important for like the black kids who are growing up abroad who are growing up who are not exposed to that culture you know we've all talked about our different identity issues and our sense of belonging growing up and we're not exposed like you know my parents aren't very academic so they wouldn't teach me this they're just you know they have a lot more to be doing with their time than be teaching their kid african history you know like what what parent does that let's if you really yeah. think about it like, like know, what, what irish parent does it to their <laughs> yeah, kid what they, irish send, they send you to school yeah. <laughs> yeah they send you to school to do that and it's really important to help you know nail down you know children's sense of belonging sense of identity you know you know just because a, a lot of different things that are subconscious that kind of like affects you when you're a black person growing up um, in, in a foreign country. You know, it's not a foreign country because you were born here or you grew up here, yeah. you're Irish. But you, do, do you kind of get what I mean? So it, it, yeah. it's, your history is so important to you. And if your history is always be painting, painting you as someone that's struggling, that's someone that's been a victim, you subconsciously as a kid has someone that's impressionable in your very very important formative and developmental years can't say that word um you start to feed into that narrative you start to become the victim you start to think that what it is to be black in this world is to struggle do you know what i mean but that but that you personify kind of everything and then you like which is which is not what we want like we want you but it's so funny because you guys are obviously black and irish and being like knowing your identity as an Irish person is so huge like we all as a society could you imagine if I was like wasn't familiar with all of Irish history it's the same like and I didn't know all of that history because that is something that 100% identifies all Irish people is we had this civil war this struggle for for peace and all this kind of stuff so like it, it's so like if you just turn it around in that perspective for any Irish person listening if you think if you didn't know all of your history um that that like defined you and only you only knew about the fact that we were possibly like um had our land taken off us and tr- were treated like 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 shit if you only knew that bit think of like how angry and everything you would be and then you would start to personify that exactly. yeah no I'm, I'm definitely excited so maybe if just to kind of nicely finish up if we just get you guys to give kind of one piece of I don't want to call it advice because um (laughs) like one piece of for anyone listening in terms of like to be more cognizant of in their everyday interactions and um in terms of like race and racism or how even they can support if they have any black and Irish friends how they can support them to kind of not feel so torn between their two cultures um I can go first um I think my sort of advice is such we kind of like go back to what I said earlier um I think um we aren't stop you know maybe painting racism and black people and all these kind of different issues with the same brush and just accepted that we're all different people you know with, especially within the black community ourselves we have different personalities we have different views you know literally like very very different people and it's it's very difficult to be in a society where is you feel like your actions represent your well, other people's perception of an entire race of people. Like just saying that out loud, it's crazy. <laughs> Literally saying that out loud, it's absolutely crazy. And I think it's just very important. I think if you can, you know, just flip that little bit in your mindset, I think we're on the right path to, you know, improving the quality of life 
for everyone. No. Yeah, but even I think, right, when I, I have a lot of friends in the States and every time I go there and it's something very minor, but they're always like, you love the crack and you're basically a functioning alcoholic because you're Irish. And that perception really annoys me, but they think it's just crack. And I'm like, mm, that perception like really kind of annoys me. And that's something small. So if you can imagine if you're being pigeonholed on someone's experience of another black person that they met, um is just so yeah I think I think knowing that you're it's a vast country with a lot of different heritage and culture heritage and culture and like every person is different because every person has their own personality um Amanda what about you um I would say like create space like like create space in terms of like within society for black people um whether that's in the workplace and um, in certain opportunities, what in whatever way, shape or form, create space and also just creating space for black people to just be people. It's kind of highlighting what Femi said and don't put unnecessary expect expectations, um, you know, on people and take the liberty of having conversations, take the liberty of educating yourselves. Like these last couple of months, we've been, you know, blessed with so many different people's stories. There's so many new resources out there that haven't been before. So you know this is it's it's a time now i think for everyone to actually like if you want to learn about racism you, you can't like if you want to um if you want to hear people's stories it's it's very very accessible now so i think um yeah just go out there be that change that you want to see create space um in your everyday everyday life for people to just be people yeah and i think one thing that i take from that is like don't let it just be a movement sorry i literally have a puppy climbing on my lap <laughs> i think it's hilarious that at the start of the podcast you're like oh i'm so excited i got a puppy and then the entire time the puppy just been wrecking your head <laughs> i know yeah because um yeah because my brother just dropped him in my room and i was like i'm in the middle of a call and um, but yeah no definitely like i don't one thing i i kind of wanted to kind of emphasize is that it's it's not just a movement that led from um the tragic murder that happened in May like it's something that happens every single day and it's it's something that has been happening for years um so if you're going to be an ally for black lives matter at that certain point in time like be an ally for for good and educate yourself and learn um and i think that that's definitely um some good advice um pierre what about you to finish yeah, I guess for me, I guess, yeah, following on from you guys, but I based or in any way are saying that, uh, oh my God, perceptions of what they think. Um, if you can just repeat yourself, sorry, I don't know if anyone else heard you, it just kind of broke up from... Oh, sorry, I No, no, you're okay. <laughs> yeah, no, just saying that it's not just, it's not us, like, uh, going, calling out, yeah, every Irish person or every white person has been racist and like that, because I know some cases people, like, could become defensive, saying, like, I'm not racist, I've never been racist, I've never said that kind of stuff. It's like, not calling you out, but, like, we, we you, you may have, so it's, like, trying to educate yourself so that you don't make it the norm like we all make mistakes from none of us are perfect in, in any way like that um but it's just trying to like make the experiences better for everybody uh whether black irish asian uh whatever way that to accept that everybody is different and that you know ireland is not the same ireland i was 1800 years ago with 
um, before the famine where there was just really Irish people. It's now like so diverse uh, is that, you know, like, and like you said earlier, the Irish are spread all over the world. So therefore, even Ireland itself is very diverse itself. So just be accepting that. And that's not a takeover in any way like that. Uh, we, When people come here, they want to immerse themselves in the country. They want to be part of this country. They want to go to school. They want to bring up their kids here. They want to pay their taxes. They want to become part of Ireland. And they want to improve this country. Like as much as like Rafkin, we want the best for Ireland as much as we want the best for our own country uh, back home. So it's just the acceptance that we won't be part of you, we won't be united uh, together. So it's just, yeah, being open to that uh, and welcoming more, uh, really, and actually be cave me the vulture, as they say. Uh, yeah, I was really, about so. to say, I was like, actually, uh, actually just... abide by by our slogan. But um, no, thank you so much. Like, it's been such an interesting conversation and one that I could keep talking for, for hours about. And I'm really excited to kind of see how Black History Month um, in Ireland, your Black and Irish Black History Month um, unfolds. If you just want to give maybe a quick shout out, either where people can find Black and Irish, and if you want to give your own personal handles a shout out, um, if you want to, that, that's up to your own personal choice of where people can find you and follow your journey. Okay, you don't want to follow me personally because I don't post anything. <laughs> 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 As you want to see horrible um insta stories of my face like your grand um yeah find us on black black and irish um black underscore and irish on instagram we're on facebook as well um we're on tiktok even though i know how it works we're on thriller thriller um what else are we on get us on email <laughs> get us anywhere <laughs> wherever, you, wherever you want uh yeah you know Easy. give her a page a follow um you know, read the posts. They're all there. There's a couple of hundred of them there. Um, we're, we go on Insta Live every Sunday, 9 p.m. And just, you know, just, you know, a couple of normal people having chats by race, having chats by, you know, different topics. You know, we don't necessarily want or want to let our race define us. But, you know, it's lots of inter interesting conversation. And, um, yeah, have a look. Drop us a DM if you have any questions with you. Happy dancing. Amazing. Um, and Amanda, do you want to give, I know you, you've a podcast yourself, so do you want to give a shout out where people can listen along or follow you? Sure. Um, so if you want to follow the Boxed Out podcast, um, it's on Instagram as well, the underscore boxed underscore out. Um, yeah, and that's all. You find that on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. Them. amazing i'll definitely be be having a look at that after this and pierre what about you do you want to tell everyone where they can find well, you or... yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I'm, yeah i'm sure they can find me yeah if they can try yeah pierre yambog is, is the name but like uh but yeah i think uh once i guess you you find black and irish i think yeah you'll find a lot of like-minded people i guess people yeah there's the benefit of also black and irish is that it's creative community people connecting one another and so i guess that way when you join black and irish you might find other like-minded people and create your own friendships and hopefully uh, lifetime uh, experiences so yeah yeah everybody's and, welcome yeah and that's what i mean like you said everyone's welcome like it's not just for people who are black and irish it's for say myself to go on and educate myself and learn about different cultures and stuff like that but yeah no definitely thank you so much for coming on board in the podcast no thank you so much for having us thank you so much for having us thank you for tuning in to another legal diaries podcast be sure to follow along on all the social media channels at legaldiaries.ie on instagram www.legaldiaries.ie and on twitter it's legal at legal diaries 
underscore IE. Thank you.